Welcome to the Healing Ninjas Podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey everyone, it's Hernan uh, back again with episode four of the Healing Ninjas podcast. Uh, Really excited to just again bring you another episode and this time i'm joined by naya Gar- garrido right am i pronouncing yes. that right? <laughs> yes yes you, <did. laughs> you know I, I i'm like how can i not get that right it's a latino name i should be getting that right right um thank you for being on the show naya i, I really appreciate you thank you for having me i'm excited to talk and just dive in yes let's dive right into it right i I want to just give you the the open platform in the beginning to to just share a little bit more about you, um, your background, some of the experiences um, that you're bringing to the table, and and why why healing in this podcast? Like, why did you want to share your story of healing? Yeah. All right. So, um, where do I start? Okay. So, I guess the biggest component for me in my life that really kind of changed just the trajectory of just everything was um, I actually had my son at 16, um, a really young age. And, you know, being a single mom, um, you know, I was also granted the opportunity of, you know, being able to go to college, you know, straight out of high school with the support of my mom. Um, Really just also single mom. And, but it's always been my story is really one of, a lot of sacrifices from a really strong and incredible woman, um, which is my mom. But it's also been a journey uh, with a lot of healing that's had to happen, addressing you know generational trauma in families and events that happen um, that you obviously as a parent, you don't want to pass down to your child um, and, you know, mm-hmm. just addressing them head on. So that's a little background on, on me. Um, yeah. Mm. When you talk about some of the generational trauma, right, and and jumping into mm-hmm. that journey, what are some of the specific things that you've in your own life actively try to unpack around some of that? Yeah, no. So for me, you know, like I mentioned, I come from a line of incredibly strong women who are, you know, the definition of independent, right? Like, you know, if you've met Honduran women, we are loud. We <laughs> don't care what, you know, we're brutally honest. And it is what it is. And so for me, I come also from just women who never had strong relationships with their mother. Mm. Um, You know, it's really damaged where, you know, the perfect example, you know, it's my mom and my grandma, you know, they cannot be in the same room for more than 60 seconds without, you know, screaming. And my grandma, you know, what I'm really grateful for, too, is COVID being stuck at home. You start learning all about your family, right? And Mm. unpacking the history um, because there's really nothing um, left to do. And so, you know, in these past, you know, six, seven months have been like the most transformational for me in learning like my grandma's story, how she herself didn't have a relationship with her mom, you know, when she was physically abused by her grandmother. And so she was, when she came to this country, you know, as a single mom of her kids, you know, she was tasked with survival. 
And then, you know, my mom being here, also another single mom, she was just like, I need to survive. And so there was so much, you know, once you start talking to your family and you start listening to each other's story, you see, you know, depression, you're hearing, you know, anxiety, and it's a lot. And now as a parent myself, when I see that, I have all of this, right? You know, when I was six, uh, when I was 14, 15, I was at a psychologist and, you know, when I went and shared, hey, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z, you know, immediately never went to therapy again um, because I came off as ungrateful. Hmm. And then later on, a year later, you know, I, I got pregnant and I was never able to address my depression and anxiety. Um, and so in having a child that always surpassed. And then I think it wasn't until maybe two years ago that I was just like, I think it's time that we unpack this. Like I am, you know, well into, you know, my early twenties that, you know, this can't continue. Like my, you know, by the time I graduated college, I had a five-year-old already. And I said, you know, this needs to change for him. Mm. When you think, when you think about those moments where you've experienced that, you know, those low moments from just trying to go through all of this so quickly, right? Because you're talking about being in your early 20s already, you know, being a mom and and, and trying to graduate from college and just trying to balance all of these things, right? And, and I'm pretty sure for people who are listening that they're connecting to that, right? When you've mm-hmm. had those low moments right now, what are some things that you do to just bring yourself that joy or to actively do the work of healing while still balancing all of the other responsibilities that you have You know what? I start looking at the little things in life. I always say it's in the details. It's in the smaller things when you start seeing coincidences and you start seeing your life come full circle. You know, I've, you know, one little example I can give you, Hernan, is, you know, last year my son actually won first place uh, in a science fair, right? His first science fair. And funny enough, I know, but funny enough is that when I got pregnant, Um, I was also like a science geek and I wasn't allowed to participate once they found out I was pregnant because it just, it would look bad. Right. And so when you see that come full, that was like a, such a full circle for me, like a full circle moment for me, because I'm like, wow, like in the same school district that said you can't practice because you're pregnant. That looks bad. My son won first place. Like I found, I find so much joy in those small moments where, you know, uh, it's just so beautiful. Like in my son, I see so much things, you know, being accomplished and happening that that is what sparks me joy, but also independently. Cause you know, we're also as parents, we're also still, you know, m- you know, our own people. I think what I, you know, try to do is something is just like, you know, I, I try to go out. I'm very one with nature. Mm. I love going out like on walks or just centering myself. You know what? I love big pools of water. Like <laughs> if I can be by a lake and ocean, those are the moments that I get really centered mm. that I can say, you know, whatever is happening right now, let me take a moment to just be more appreciative of the good things that do happen that mm. are, you know, occurring. So, when you talk about, you know, it's in the details and, you know, like sh- shout out to the little one for getting that first place, you know, like that, <laughs> you know, it's real out here with all of these wins that we have, even the small ones at the science yeah. fair, right? but, you know, shout out to him. But when you're talking about that piece around two of, of just centering yourself in nature, you know, I, I recently became an avid lover of hiking and like love to be in nature and, yes. you know, say, screw the blanket. I'm just going to lay in the grass, <laughs> even though later ants are crawling all over me. But, yes. you know, it's it's I've become more and more 
close to that. And and I found myself one time when I went to Massachusetts and put my, you know, feet in water out of nowhere and just say, you know what? Screw this. I was in a lake and I'm just I took oh off my, my shoes. I put my feet in the water and paused, slowed down, closed my mm-hmm. eyes. And all of a sudden I started crying and I just like kept crying for like a good yes. 15 minutes. And, you know, I think one of the things that is is very apparent from listening and hearing to your story and also some of my own reflections in that we we move at a pace sometimes where connecting to nature, connecting to those places where healing can take place is scary, right? To like yes. enjoy moments like that with nature. And and so, I mean, one, I mean, you're already saying yes, but are, do you agree with that? And And if you did have those moments where you were afraid of leaning into that, moment of like just utter maybe Mm -hmm. peace or slowing down what did that feel like for you how did you get into it and how have you become Mm -hmm. make it how have you made it a practice in your life you know what it didn't come easily that didn't come naturally I think you know for a really long time I hated being in the quiet I hated being alone because I could listen to my own thoughts and I could be more aware of how unhappy I was with my life, Mm. you know, and how, you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be, even though that's a whole separate conversation on like these expectations and, you know, we got to stop being on a clock, but I really hated being alone and I struggled with that, you know? And so while I was in college, when I was, you know, it's been a journey, right? So while I was in college, what I was like filling my voids in was with like, you know, meaningless sex and, you know, alcohol. Mm. You know, because I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be quiet. I didn't want to listen to my thoughts. I didn't want to be reflective. And, you know, it came to a point where the way that I got there was just, you know, I kind of said to myself, like, I need to do better for myself, for my son. But also because there is a bigger picture that we're painting here. And, you know, we have to be more cognizant about it, more aware of how all of these little things are just you know, filling voids, like there needs to be more meaning to life. And so I don't, you know, I don't know if the listeners, you know, if someone's religious or not, but I'm not religious, but I am a very spiritual person. Mm -hmm. And it came to a point for me where I kind of just held on to my faith. And I think that is really important. I don't, you know, I don't think you need to be religious. I don't think you need to believe in a God, but I think you do need to believe in something. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that is what gets you through these really dark periods and leads you into healing. You need to have faith that things are going to get better, but not just better, but you need to have, you know, believe that why there's always a why. I think that's what you need to be circle around is your why. And that's what pulls you through to get to that connect to be able to heal. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) It does. It does. And, and like, I really want to like unpack that a little further, right? When you say have faith, you know, have and it doesn't have to involve a religious context, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I think what listeners need to understand is that the the journey that Naya is describing for herself is is, is really one of her having faith also just in herself as a person. Mm-hmm. And and I can relate so much to that. Part of the reason why even this podcast is coming to existence is because I'm trying to have faith that this is something that the world needs that we just need to be able to talk about. 
the journeys of healing from all of us, right? From mm-hmm. myself as a cis hetero Latinx formerly incarcerated survivor, drug, you know, and survivor mm-hmm. of, of many things, but also just a recovering addict. And also Naya, who is a mom who, you know, is also like first gen, first gen college grad, right? Yes, yes, first gen college grad. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, generations right now that need this to be real, right? Need us to mm-hmm. be very much about having faith in ourselves. And for people who are tuning in, Naya, I know that some will fully be tuning in because they already are on that healing journey and maybe just need to connect to other people or listen to others who have been there, who have processed some of this stuff out. Others might not. Others might be listening and and this might be the first instance that they're they're talk, they're talking about healing or or processing some of these things, generational trauma. Are there other mm-hmm. gems or resources aside from the walks in nature or therapy or some of the other stuff um, that's out there that maybe you have already taken advantage of that you would share with people? What other resources have you used that have been helpful to you? Yeah, you know what? I think for me, journaling um, was a really good tool for me to just journal my thoughts and feelings. And it, it didn't have to be a full um, diary. Sometimes it was just like key words that maybe happened in a conversation that I would look back and think of. Um, and then another thing is, you know, we have social media now. And even though social media at some points can get really toxic, there's also a lot of communities like what you're building now, right? It's just like there, it's open platforms for people to like listen to and follow. For me personally, one of my favorite ones that I came across was actually Latinx parenting. Um, and I love it. Like cancel it, like the chancla culture, like, yes, yes. Like I love it. I cannot tell you how much like, that has since Shout I came across. <laughs> yes, like since I came across her page and like the platform she's built, for me, it's been so revolutionary. So I think it's important that, you know, because we spend so much time on social media, you know, aside from looking at what the Kardashians are doing, right? <laughs> like, let's, you know, search up these different organizations and also lean in to friends. I mean, I, mean, I know that it's hard, like it's easier said than done, but sometimes there may be one or two people within your circle who are going through something similar that you can speak to. And, you know, I think you also have to know that not everyone's going to know what to say. And if you're a friend who's on the opposite side of listening to, you know, someone's going through their healing journey, I think sometimes you don't really need to say anything. Sometimes just listening and being present, you know, does is so much more helpful and beneficial to them. Hmm. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough for all of our listeners, right? Like I, you know, I just earlier today, I had to like, just stop for a moment and and hear out a friend and just really hear them. You know, sometimes it's not about offering reflections or your own perceived thoughts or solutions, but yeah, you know, sometimes it's just about holding space for people. And, you know, we're trying to do that through this podcast and through everything else that we're doing at Healing Ninjas. But Part of what uh, I think is really important too um, for people to hear, um, Naya, is, you know, how does healing become something that we look at in in a more attainable way, right? Because I think that's the challenge that some people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, man, you know, Naya's on on, on it. She's like happy and healing and, (laughs) and, you know, but I'm pretty sure there aren't those moments where it's not always like that, right? Oh, no, no. I would love to hear, you know, when those moments happen, if they have happened, 
how are you able to come back and, and sort of sit with those moments and, and reflect from a place of honoring and not shaming yourself? You know what? That's been a journey in itself. Um, I am a person that has to-do list on top of to-do list. I have <laughs> expectations that I want to meet. And for me, when things don't go according to my plan, I become like so depressed and so sad and so frustrated that I'm just like, why is this happening? And it's okay, like, you know, to feel that way. It is okay for you to just, you know, sit with that for just a moment and be like, it's okay that I'm upset. But I think the way that you turn that shame around is you're like, let's look at how much we have accomplished, right? You know, why don't we change the dialogue to be more, one more of grace, where you're giving yourself that grace of saying, I've come this far. Mm. And, you know, I didn't come this far to only get this far. You know, you have to change the dialogue of how you talk to yourself. And I think that's part of healing, too. It's kind of like forgiveness for yourself, but also letting go of like these expectations. Because you know what? You know, and it goes back to my spirituality where I think there's always a higher plan and someone's always looking out for you. And for that, for me, it's God, right? But that's my personal journey. That's to me. Um, and that it's how I believe it. It's something that I hold on to and dear and near to my heart that I just believe, you know what, there's a plan for everybody, you know, regardless of what your religious beliefs are, there's a plan and your life has meaning. Mm. And if you can believe that and you, and it's not easy. I wish I can tell you more of this. There were dark days in my life where, you know, I contemplated suicide and, you know, I, it was dark and, you know, I, it was moments where it's like, you know, my kid doesn't even need me. I can just take my life now. And so it's, it's a process, but I think you need to kind of sit back and be like, let's look back at how far we've come. You know, that's something always that I say is just honor what you have accomplished. It's no easy feat, especially when you are healing and trying to address the stuff that you are going through that maybe someone else has an experience and know that you are going to be a light to someone else one day. You know, that is, that's, that's what my hope is that you always know that your story, there's a purpose for it. And it may not be, you know, a hundred people that get to hear your story, but you're, you're going to make a difference in one person's life. And it's all about faith. It's belief and in yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for, for just elevating that piece, right? That the story piece, you know, you're sharing your story and, and for others who are listening, if you're interested in sharing your own, know that this is a space to do that, right? We're, we're really trying to highlight the journeys and, and what Naya is also pointing out are some of the very key things that you need to think about as you're engaging in healing work, right? Like just giving yourself the space sometimes to realize that like, man, I'm not always going to have it figured out. And, mm -hmm. you know, but that doesn't mean go and not figure it out, right? That means yeah. take a moment, you know, hit the pause button sometimes when it gets rough, but press play again and keep going. And and know that, you know, in this journey, um, we're all a part of it and we're trying to really figure out how to go about it together. And, you know, Naya, when when it comes to, are there any, you know, books, any, any things that have been really helpful to you, other resources in general that you think people should, should really look into, right? You mentioned journaling a little bit already, nature, um, and if, and if not the resources, are there other reflections? Because again, some of the people who are listening, um, you know, are, are, are listening to this because they want to understand how different people have gone through healing themselves. And I would love for you to just share with people that, right? Like what, what is it that, 
you know, keeps Naya going? And, and what is she hopeful about, you know, with, with yourself or even your children and the generational piece around it? Yeah. So for me, one of the key books in terms of parenting, and so that's, this is more for like my parents. One of the key messages that, or one of the books that I read was, you know, raise a book by um, Hunter Clark Fields, actually. And it's uh, called Raising Good Humans. It's a mindful guide uh, to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Mm. Um, And that is actually one of the books that has been helping me um, in when it comes to addressing that generational trauma, um, you know, that I in 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 me, um, healing that inner child in me so then I can be mm. a better parent. Mm. You know, that that's something that I'm you know, that's a book that I've read. Um, and also something going back to our previous point, also still related to this is just it's OK to ask for help. Yes. You know, I, I don't do that. You know, that's something I have to keep reminding myself, but it is okay sometimes to say, I have a vision for myself. I don't know how to get there. Can someone help me? And sometimes that can be like a quick Google search of like, you know, how do you get here and how do you do this? And sometimes, you know, if you're in college, if you're a college kid, listen to this, like ask your professors, right? If you're an adult in the, if you're an adult in the workforce, like, Ask some colleagues, ask some people in like the higher positions and executive places. You're like, I, you know, you know what? It's cool when you are an adult in the workplace. It's like, aside from work, we all have lives, right? And so, you know, in conversation and dialogue, sometimes you do get close to colleagues like that. Um, and, you know, your supervisors and hearing their own personal lives and their stories, you're just like, wow, I, I would like to learn from you. Do you have a minute? Can we get 15 minutes, of, you know, over coffee? Um, things like that. So, mm. thank you so much, Naya. Because you know I, that I want to like very briefly unpack a little bit about that inner child, right? Because man, that has been a trip for me the last year. Just talking mm-hmm. about what it means to have an inner child, right? Like we all grow up, and and one of the things that you mentioned, you know, you you became a mom at sixteen, mm-hmm. and I went and became a dad at sixteen, but literally stepping right into prison um mm-hmm. so reflecting on the fact that up until that moment i hadn't really had a full childhood right and like yeah. what does that really mean for people who don't understand that concept of an inner child right like what does that mean can you define it a little bit and just like what does inner child work look like right because you mentioned leslie and shout out to latinx parenting once again for all the stuff that they're she's doing literally it's a one woman show yeah. y'all. i need to check out that platform too but that inner child work comes from some of the stuff that we've experienced in Latinx culture, but also just in general, right? When like you speed through childhood because you become a parent and all of a sudden you're caring for a child, you kind of forget honoring your inner child, the part of you that didn't get a chance to just enjoy what it meant to be an adolescent. What has that been like for you? How have you sort of processed some of that? And and just like ending on on, on some of those thoughts around how people can do some inner child work for themselves. Yeah. So for me, it was a little strange at first because it's like this process of like self-discovery because your inner child is essentially, you know, it's, oh gosh, it's every ways that, you know, if there was a lot of trauma in your child and that can look in different, that can be very different for everybody. Right. So some like for me, there was sexual abuse. There was, you know, strict parenting. There was, um, you know, it was a lot of just never feeling 
bully myself or there was always a high level of insecurity. And I never got to kind of develop that, you know, or grow on that or kind of address these issues because I had to grow up super, super quick. And something that I've challenged myself, especially within the past three years, I want to say, is I don't want to pass that on to my child. You know, so when he was born, one of the biggest things that I always did was, I want you to communicate your feelings for me, regardless of what it is. I want you to be this sound and whole emotionally child who can talk to me, who can talk to his mom about anything. And so in doing so, um, I created this beautiful boy who will tell you exactly how he feels and then call you out (laughs) when you are not acting accordingly to your feelings, right? Like, one of his biggest things, if he'll see me up to him, like, Mom, why are you upset? And then, you know, oh, babe, don't worry about it. Nothing. It's nothing. And then he'll say, you know, Mom, you know, you always tell me nothing is always something. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. And it's like this incredible seven-year-old. And and so it's just like un- you have to unpack that because your inner child is going to bleed over to the people that you love if you don't address those issues, it's part of that self-love journey because there are things that we don't talk about, especially when we grow up in a Latino household. There's a lot of things that you kind of keep hush-hush and whispers, but we also sit at the dinner table, right, at Thanksgiving and Christmas um, about stuff that happened within families and within our childhoods. And I think it's important for you, for yourself to recognize what those events have been in your life and be able to say, like, let's take a step back, evaluate them, and know that there are certain things that are in my control now that I can address. And there's other things that, you know, unfortunately are not. And I cannot feed into that. So I hope that answers the question. There's so much more that can be said about the inner child and, you know, growing up and healing. But I hope that kind of just, you know, just the surface. Yeah. No, thank you. And and honestly, you know, I, like... That was the goal, right? You know, I would love to have you if at any point you want to unpack that even further for another episode. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to come up in a number of different ways and in, in, in other people's uh, journeys and, and sharing them. And so uh, I just want to thank you for for being on the show, for being willing to share so much. And and just to end off, you know, are there is there anything that you would like us to support or any way that people who are tuning in can support you directly or some of the work that you're involved in, whatever it might be? Um, is there anything that you would add? Yeah. So, I mean, for everyone listening in, I think I want them to remember to always be kind and you never know um, what someone's going through. I think some of us carry depression, anxiety, and all of our, you know, all of these other mental health illnesses so well that it's, you know, when we live in the society that we do, it's so easy to think like they're fine and maybe they're not. And so I, you know, my hope is always to, for people to be like this lending hand and be able to keep an open mind as people share their stories and, you know, be empathetic to it, put yourself in their shoes and always be, you know, a resource. And that is kind of my hope. And I think for me, the biggest thing is, has always been something that I'm pushing actually forward. I, my dream is just, I really would love for the younger girls, um, especially in the Latina culture to believe in themselves. Like Mm. you are so beautiful and you are so, you have so much more to offer the world that I just hope you never let anyone dim your light. 
because you are you're such a goddess like you you have so much to offer and I wish that we didn't let our insecurities and you didn't especially when you're a teenager and you're going through all of these hormones and this puberty stage and you're letting your image and your self-worth be defined by other people's definition Mm. I my hope is that young girls let go of that Mm. you know that is my dream and I want to be part of that conversation. And that's kind of the direction that I'm moving forward in, you know, career wise, but also just personally, that is what the dialogue that I want to start. So definitely let's keep supporting you on that. And, and definitely, you know, to all the women out there who are listening, the young girls too, who are going to be tuning in, you know, el futuro es mujer. The future is women, yes. you know, and, you know, we got to respect that. And I, as a cis hetero man, got to accept that, acknowledge that. And my job is to, you know, make sure that patriarchy doesn't get in the way of that shine, you know, and that brightness that all of you have. So thank you so much for joining us here, um, Naya. And, and just thank you for being you and being brilliant. And I'm really looking forward to staying in contact with you and, and just being able to lift up your work as you're building out that narrative for young girls as well. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And thank you for the incredible work you're doing. This is an amazing platform. I'm so glad. So I'm excited to stay connected and yeah. see where, you know, the healing name just goes. All right. Take <laughs> care, Nan. Thank you, Naya. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.